0: Hello everyone, good afternoon. I'm here in beautiful Oceanside Which is a nice area in the Southern California area or vicinity. So thank you so much for joining us on our 48th, yes 48th Tech Tuesday. Sorry for me being slightly tardy guys. It was a bit of a trek Here to our friends at SOS Customs and for those of you who don't know these wonderful gentlemen and a few ladies as well They are the individuals who did the crazy interior in our odyssey. So the world-famous piece the odyssey thousand horsepower plus plus. They did the interior here, which is pretty nice. And they're helping with the interior of the Wago van. Their work is absolutely spectacular. I've used them in everything from Porsches to Hondas to Hyundais. Unique. Hello, Ken. Good seeing you. Hello, Drich Fonda. Good seeing you as well. Greetings, talk. Thank you so much. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you very much for joining us on this session. This is where we have individuals from Instagram all around the world ask tech questions and whatnot. And we get into wonderful interactions as it comes to everything automotive and plus more. And for those of you listening on iTunes, Anchor, the podcasting via uh, Spotify, thank you so much for joining us. We do this every Tuesday. Lake Elsinore! Arnie, I just passed you coming down here. Hello, Photosonic. Thank you so much. And guys, please forgive. this is a very busy facility. You'll see people in the back working their way. There's so many variety of cars here. There's this old school, and I'll do probably a live video afterwards. This is old school, beautiful Chevy here. This beautiful AE86 that's boosted, but an engine that looks very much like an F-series from a S2000. Um, over there is an S2000 and there's another El Camino looking vehicle there, which is pretty cool. Hello, Flat6. Thank you so much, Liv3. I appreciate the kind words. Hello, Ted from the Bay Area. Mr. Pepe, thanks for the kind words. I love single cams. I love all type of engines. Yes, this 86 is pretty cool. It's boosted and has an F-series engine from S2000 in it, which is pretty crazy, you know? Um, oh, thank you so much, Martin. I'm curious what color you have. So, we do have some Hot Wheel collaborations. We have a silver one just came out, a red, Type R, and also a blue one, in addition to the Odyssey, which is a limited run, which is pretty nice, yes. Hello, Gabriella, Dark Wraith, Cade, good seeing you so much. Thank you for so- joining us this afternoon. My pleasure, Pepe. And you know what, guys? It's been a great weekend. It's been a really great weekend. Thank you from Miami. Please say hi to Uncle Luke for me out in the 305. Hello, Jeff. So talking about this weekend, I had an opportunity to have a good time in Fontana. Fontana is the very nice raceway, um, which is the Auto Club Speedway. There were two events there. There was a very nice event, courtesy of our friends from Speed District, a very nice road race event. I love attending their events. I went out there with the BC Motor Viper, which is great. Nothing special in Negron, just uh, talking a little bit about the weekend. Tons of Porsches, tons of Alphas. The Alfa Romero was out there actually giving test rides to their new Julia uh, and also their new Stevio, which is pretty cool. We also had an opportunity to see quite a few McLarens out there. The Mustang Club, there's a big Mustang event in California that rained out on Saturday. Yes, we had rain here in California. Um, hello, Peter. Hello, Jaime. Good seeing you all the way in Chile. Thank you so much, Hunter, for the kind words. And as people were racing, some of the Mustang guys who events got canceled on Saturday came by Sunday because everything was rained out on Saturday. At the road race strip on a big rovo, on the other side of drag strip, in addition to the middle part with a lot of karting, was a DRN drug Race event, like a Drag Race Nationalist event. And it was great to go out there and see other people's, you know, uh, um, vehicles out there. Um, Fox is asking what my schedule is for SEMA. I should be in the Vegas area early on Monday. Um, Tuesday, I'm pretty much on site from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And that'll continue all the way to Friday. And Friday, I may leave at uh, 6 p.m., which is pretty interesting because we have to offload, which is really nice, you know. Hello from Texas EJA, thank you so much. Hello, Leo. Oh, good seeing you, Daz. Hello. Um, what's the car behind me? This right here is an 8086. Um, the guys from SOS Customs is putting this together very nicely. SOS, by the way, is a facility that they do a lot of paint. They put in one of our Porsches. They also do a smashing job with interior. They did interior on in the Odyssey that we have, the VC Motor Odyssey. They did interior on one of our crazy white body Porsches. They done some interiors on the, you know, the, we have this crazy, like, ruby stone red Porsche. They did interior here as well. Very high-end work. Even the charity car we did for McKenna two years ago, where we uh, raffled it off in, in Monterey, they did the interior here as well. And this right here, um, I'm here today to pick up, not only to interact with all of you, but to pick up the interior for the Wago van, which we're doing, which is pretty nice. And this is an AE86 with what looks like a boosted F-series out of an S2000, which we'll get to talk to the owners very soon about what is going on with this project. I have both Oscar and Saul. Who will be joining me very soon, and we'll talk a little bit about what they have going on in this wonderful facility in Oceanside, California. So back to my weekend, um, the opportunities that existed at the drag strip was very interesting. I saw probably six to seven really nice drag cars. The event was really packed from the stands all the way to the finish line, which is really great to see, especially in Southern California. But there's one thing I noticed as I talked to enthusiasts, a lot of people, tend to copy each other and that's very sad, you know, they tend to copy each other and I wish people would be more creative in the motorsports community where they can try and experiment with things because creativity really is the bane for creation. Um, Being able to do things differently, being able to um, invent and figure things out without waiting for other people to copy is something that we really had a lot of pride in Sport Compact and that seems to have gone away so that being said guys, Don't worry about what other people say. As you build your cars, build it to your heart. Build it as a way to express yourself. Don't wait for other people to do it. Do what is ideal for you. I do it. People see me and say, BC, oh, you single cam this, single cam that. Or you're doing stuff with the um, M96 Porsches and M97 Porsches. Well, it's because I didn't care what other people were doing. I found opportunities with, especially head flow and opportunities with components that could be interchanged very nicely. But the head was a key component in terms of being able to create power, and that's what I look at. So the M96, M96 7, 7 heads flow so well, better than the turbo heads, so why not play with those? The F22A flows better stock than many port B series, so why not? So As I go to events, whether it's in sport compact or in the exotic world, I really would like to see people do more than just creative wheels and tires or creative paint jobs or wraps. Use that same creativity in your engine in making it fun, you know? So that being said, um, uh, let's see. Uh, Let's um, talk a little bit about some of the questions I had to come in um, briefly. Hello, Sam. Good seeing you. Amen as well, you know? Um, The question came in about the Viper that I drove this weekend. What suspension components do I have on it? So since that is a... Uh, GTS Viper, which is more of the luxury line within the lineup of the 5th gen Viper, which ended in August last year. Um, that particular setup has electronic shocks, and you can adjust it from the cockpit, which is pretty cool. So you can adjust the rebound and compression and kind of the handling. So you have a race and street setup, and I do want to take that away. So what I have is some Bici Custom shorting caps. These caps allow you to lower the car and still retain all the electronics inside the Viper, which is pretty cool, you know? Um, Jevy um, I've seen those but it doesn't allow me to really do great things in terms of compression and bore size so um, in terms of Pistons I prefer the Tron Pistons because they allow me to be very as we talk about creativity allows me the opportunity to do something really wonderful in terms of compression design flexibility and efficiency so I can do everything from thinner uh, top rings to lateral gas ports to different dome configurations that can allow me to have a better burn so if you look at any of my high compression domes, you'll see a slight dip in the center of the dome to help with flame propagation, and that does a very good job and allow me to be more efficient. Thank you so much, SOS Customs, and thank you so much for having me here in your lovely facility. Josh is asking, do I like formula drift? Well, I didn't, but I do, by all means, I do. Um, for years, I was a huge individual that was against drifting, I thought it was like glorified how should I say, figure skating for cars? I didn't think it was very involved. Um, but two things happened to me this year which changed my life. Hello, Heavyfoot. Foot. Um, one, our friends from the ID agency had this little event that they had together where they brought four influencers uh, to the Irwindale Speedway, and I was one of the four. The other three were kind of YouTubers, but I really didn't know them, so forgive me. Um, and they weren't really, you know what's scary is, uh, some YouTube people, matter of fact, a majority of them who are into cars, or car influencers really don't know much about cars. So I talked to these guys and they didn't really know much. But that was interesting. But nonetheless, I had the opportunity to um, play around with uh, a Mustang drift car that the team Roush brought out. And we had some influence by another team in Vegas. And it was not easy. Drifting was actually pretty difficult. And at the end of the day, I got a, you know, with a structure, of course, by, beside me, I got a very good lesson and got a hang of it. And I found out that it was not easy to do, to have, how should I say, controlled chaos, and that gave me more respect for it. So that being said, I started liking drifting quite quite a bit. Then, let's fast forward to something that I may be able to talk about a little bit, but Saul, who's here, um, he's one of the owners here of SOS Customs, he has this pretty cool, you can't see it, but if you see a little orange aperture over there, there's an orange Z that has LS Swap in it, boosted, and he was part of this cool television show that we did out there in in New York. he had the opportunity to take a drag setup car and try and attempt drifting. And he got a hang of it, but it was very challenging, but give a lot more respect for that control that exists with drifting. So, fast forward to today, I don't see it anymore as figure skating for cars. I actually respect it as a type of motorsport that's quite different, which is pretty nice, you know? Um, boosted GD3 for me, which means he must be a fit guy or L series guy. How much would an engine build like the 400 Turbo fit typically be? now? If you're just talking about the engine itself, you can probably put together the engine. I have some pistons I can probably help you out with too. You can probably, if you do the work yourself, put that engine together for about four grand, just the block and head itself in components. Then if you were talking about engine management, tuning and of fabrication, you're looking close to maybe, with components that are not available, it's harder when they weren't available. You're looking more like um, closer to 10 with all fabrication. Um, unless you do fabrication yourself and you save a couple of thousand dollars there. So I hope that gives you some insight. Good evening, I think good. And a question came up about the Mali Pistons or the um, Trump Pistons that I recommend and I use. Are they compatible FRM sleeves? And yes, they are, which is nice, you know? You know what? You're right. EP3, if you don't have the right ties, you will. You definitely would do that. Oh, Dip and Deep, thank you so much for the kind words. Yes, I love the guys from Pirol. Um, it, it's great. You'll notice that even your idol is so much better. These guys know their stuff. The Pirol guys are from Aerospace. And quite a few cars here use it as well. And it's, it's sick stuff, you know. Thank you so much, K-Lux Audio. I appreciate the kind words. I good is asking for a wagon update. So, a great wagon update is the reason why I'm here in Oceanside. I'm here in Oceanside because I'm here to pick up the interior. They did a smashing job. These are the guys who did the interior on the uh, Odyssey. And for those of you who have seen the inside of my Odyssey, it's absolutely gorgeous. Even so beautiful that American Honda put that car in their showroom in corporate. That's the first time an outside car has ever been displayed in American Honda's lobby. What's our odyssey, and all the time, majority of the time, the doors are open. The back doors slid open, the front doors open to show people the beauty of interior, and how OEM-like it looks, but also very rich with that European feel. These guys, they know their stuff. They are really, really good, and they've helped me with Porsches, Hyundais, and now they're doing the wagon van. So that's what's going on. Suspension came in for the wagon. I'm very excited from our friends with KW yesterday. So even though we put it in quite a while back, KW did something very, very unique for us. And it arrived yesterday. So I'm pretty excited about that. As we speak right now, the wagon van is in paint, getting finished up. And very soon, we'll be able to bring it by, drop the engine in that I built, have Ryan from Wire do all the wiring. And it should be absolutely fantastic. Yes, Flores, KW, you know. Oh, you couldn't? Actually, um, dipping Deep, it was a really nice event. Um, Sunday was really nice, very packed. Um, I, I saw some cars ran low eights, some ran mid eights, high eights. It was, it was good. Of course, the West Coast tracks aren't as fast on the drag strip as the East Coast tracks for many, many reasons, but I'm sure the people had a good time nonetheless, you know? So, how much boost is too much boost, z easy says? And I'll ask that question very easily for you. The too much boost is when you expire your engine, okay? So, in terms of boost, I don't typically think of boost as a number that helps me. I just think of it as a number that allows me to get to a certain horsepower level. So, depending on my setup and the type of car I'm using, whether it's a dyno queen, a drag car, a road race car, a street car, a drift car, whatever the case may be that we're designing, it may determine how big the turbo is and the other parameters that are involved in turbo selection. And based upon what my goal is with power, it will determine how much boost to create. For example. I'm able to do on the Blue 911, which we have. I don't, you know, I posted that up a couple of days ago. That Blue 911 makes 800 plus horsepower at only 16 PSI. But on the same token, those are twin 57 billets from Turbonetics. Now, on the same token, let's say something like, uh, I have a 2012 Civic, where we went to a smaller turbo to get some more response. We ended up making 880 with that, and we did that at 35 PSI. So look at the difference, 16 and 35, and the engine, the design, All has a lot to do with that, which is pretty interesting, you know? Um, WA1 is saying, can I send him some free stickers? I'd love to. All you have to do is send me a self-addressed stamped envelope. I'll throw some in there, toss it in the mail, and you're good to go. I'm here to help, you know? Um, So, Josh is asking, do I know a place in the UK for of parts or a website? In the UK, I don't know, but I may turn to one of my dealers out there. So, Daryl, if you're still listening here, if you're still here, Pro Phoenix. If you have anyone to recommend for BMW work, I have a gentleman here asking for that. Um, above and beyond that, um, if you DM me, I may ask another one of our partners out there. They do a lot of Porsche work and they may have some, some dabblings in BMWs or at least a part of their crew that may have some good insight, you know? I think good recommended someone, mstyle.co.uk for bill parts. I think good is a great enthusiast. Um, he knows who I'm talking about as well. And because he's really hardcore, I probably would trust his uh, input, indeed, you know? Hello, Dan. good seeing you. Hello, Naka Gus, good seeing you as well. Thank you so much, you guys are so kind. And I'm here in beautiful, my pleasure, Josh. Beautiful, side. it feels so good here, it's nice and cool. Ontario, where my facility is, is pretty warm sometimes. And I was talking about earlier on some wagon updates, and I talked about my experience at the racetrack this weekend and how people should really, really, really try experimenting with things and not wait for everyone else to do something and copy, really kind of silly. I'm tired of seeing the same cookie-cutter cars everywhere I go. Um, yes, I like the PRL, PRL guys, especially if you're doing something with a 9th or 10th gen. Absolutely, you know? Um, plans for revealing the wagon is what Fox Design is asking. So our friends from Super Street are going to be covering the wagon van, and they are going to be re- releasing information little by little. We're also capturing some amazing content for us internally and also from our friends at AEM Induction. So if you go to SEMA this year, you will see the KN Filters AEM Induction booth. You'll see the wagon there in all its glory, and Fox Design supplied some really cool components for it. I think Good did as well. So we have some, some love going to this build. Above and beyond being bigger and better than my original Waggle van, there's so much enthusiast love going to it. I cannot wait to unveil this car. It's gonna be pretty nice. Hello, VQ, good seeing you. Um, Street Racer, there's a truck right here next to me. There's a Chevy truck. It's actually absolutely gorgeous, and I've thought about it, but I haven't had an OEM partner with me on one yet. Um, but don't be surprised, maybe we'll just something with Mazda, you never know, you know? Um, for the 50th Tech Tuesday, could we get a Vito ride along with a wagon and a few pools? So let's see here, Well, 48th, that may be possible. You know, the sad thing is that the 50th one might be right before SEMA, and I don't know if we can take the risk of damaging the car before the event. I'll think about that, we'll see what we can do. Maybe the year one, the one that's a, a full 52 which I'm supposed to be at 15, 15 for that. Anyway, I'll see what I can do, sir. Thank you so much. My pleasure indeed, Fox. I really appreciate all your support, you know. Um, so, let's see. Drag the Viper down to 1320. Wow. Maybe I will do that. I've done a lot of road racing with that. And it's fun. I placed some videos up. Maybe I'll place another video up as a reminder, you know. Yeah, EJH, Super Street is exactly the place to be, by all means. I, I agree, you know. So, does the size turbo recommend for a K24Z7 stock? So I like the Z7, I would recommend a 5757 or if you're really crazy ballsy, maybe something in the 6262 62 range, but a 5758 millimeter turbo would be nice. You can have some great examples from Turbinetics and Precision. And that would give you a good, depending on your intake manifold, um, anywhere from a 380 to 400 plus on a stock engine reliably, which is nice. On rubbish 91 octane, which is very good, you know? Um, so, let's see, do I know if the Super Street, Super D blew up during the first race like some people claim? I have posted a short video of Y8 for the rotation spinning the same direction. Well, um, I don't know. I wasn't intimate with that build that they put together. Um, all we did with that build was supply um, a header design, which meant a lot to make a lot of power, but I'm not intimate with the details on that project and how reliable it was. And I didn't build it, you know. I need to work with Honda on a new line truck. Hmm. So, Thriller Gorilla Picker, I haven't been paying attention to a Richline rich Line line of vehicles. I don't know if they're coming out with something new. If they are, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I've always liked Rich Lines. They're very truck like in utility, but very vehicle like in drive, which is pretty cool, you know? You would love to have us join. I assume you're talking about the challenge. Yes, I'm a dangerous person to be a part of that. I'm very, very creative. <laughs> I wouldn't mind, but it depends. It depends. I'll see what I can do with my schedule, you know? oh yes I think good this is a beautiful 886 um on some very nice wheels on some stretch falcons and you know what's even great with this and we'll have to do some uh, a little sneak peek on this and get some insight from the owners here but it has an s2000 engine in it boosted which is pretty cool you know so is a honda crz worth buying yes it is whether it's the one that we have in house that won't be using much of any much more or buying something that's very you know used already in the market. It's, it's so sad that it was discontinued because the enthusiast community didn't embrace it, but it's a very sexy car. I do like those quite a bit. Yep, time to buy the CRZ, absolutely. Info on front-wheel drive to real-wheel drive. Well, Tony, I am a huge advocate of the all-wheel drive movement, so especially if you have an opportunity to do that, that's great. Front-wheel drive-wise, we built recently and it's quite involved, and our friend Sam, who may still be here, was a huge integral part to the success of that project, was taking a 2017 Hyundai, you know, Hyundai Santa Fe, that was initially 300 horsepower or so front-wheel drive and converting it to rear-wheel drive over 1100, which is great, and it was absolutely fantastic. You can beat physics. Even though we've done great things in strides in creating opportunities for racing and speed with front-wheel drive drag applications, when you launch weight transfers backwards, you want traction to be in your favor. Rear wheel drive is always supreme, but when it comes to all-wheel drive, it gives you the best of both worlds. Great grip ability in all types of terrain, and also the advantage that physics provide us with moving with forward and having that excellent grip. You know what's awesome in terms of drag racing? What we see with Porsche 911s, RR platforms, rear engine, rear wheel drive, like bugs. Those give awesome 60 foots, which is pretty cool. You know. What I think about Wappo's S2K? I don't know who Wappo is. Please forgive me. Um, can I get a turbo kit from you for the CRC? Analog, I did not make one for it. So what we did on our CRZ is very unique, one off. If you're interested in that platform, as I've put out there last session, I can give you a smashing deal on it, but I don't have any kits set up for the CRZ at this time, you know? Um, can I come in person, check out the CRZ and buy it then? Yes, you can, Fast Floors by all means, but since we're kind of crazy now, if you can give me a couple of weeks so we can get through this SEMA madness, I'll be more than happy to take care of you, you know, by all means, okay? Um, which engine do I like more, F20 AP1 or F22 AP2? So. I love the torque of the F-22 and it actually is, in my, my opinion, a superior camshaft design factory to factory. Um, but the AP-1 with the F-20C does rev very nicely. So I know the best of both worlds to have a combination of the torque and the high-riving capability, but I try to avoid high RPMs when I can. Even though I take my own insight to 10.4, 10.6, I don't prefer doing it. It's just what I have to do to be able to move the air to get the power that I need. But if I had a choice, I like the newer F22, it's just more torqueier for a street driven application which is pretty nice, you know? So, Dip Deep is asking, did I see anything out in Fontana this weekend that made my eyes pop out? Well, on the road race side, I saw the beautiful green GT3 that um, Josh from Speed District owns. That was a really beautiful car. On the drag race side, wow, I saw a drag AE86 which is pretty crazy. So. That was something I never expected. You usually see AE86s drifting or road racing or hard parking. To see one drag racing was pretty cool, so I was pretty excited to see that. That made my eyes pop out. Um, On the not-so-positive side, I wasn't very happy to see a lot of cookie-cutter setups at the drag strip with a lot of Honda enthusiasts, and to only see very few six or seven cars that are really beautiful race cars in sport compact front-wheel drive, opposed to the rest of them that looked really bad, they make me feel very happy. I mean, I I look forward to a day when the glory can come back to where cars are beautiful and also fast. We were like that years ago in our drag race applications. But nowadays, it's very strange that my fellow enthusiasts really don't care about how their cars look, and everyone seems to copy everyone else. What about creativity? There's always something to create and figure out in racing. Whether you're looking at grassroots racing with Spec Miata, all the way to import drag racing, all the way to F1. There are always ways to improve. I wish we'd improve more than just copying the fastest person and doing exactly what he or she does, you know? Yes, he can. But um, Kaya, what I was interested in, he's asking does all wheel drive cost understeal. I was interested in driver's applications, which is pretty cool, you know? Um, let's see. Ah, you want to drift your 1997 front wheel drive Honda prelude. Wow, Tony, that platform is really cool and unique, but can be quite involved to make it into a proper competitive drift car. You may want to think of some kind of other FR application, which is really cool. And here's what's interesting with the Prelude. You don't have a very nice tunnel in the center of the car to even send a drive shaft, let alone, you can even send a shift rod properly, let alone a drive shaft. So try and think about what your goals are. I'm very big on uniqueness and thinking out of the box, but I'm not a huge advocate of really investing heavily to a project that can be very, very cost prohibitive. So please forgive me, you know? So, um, oh, WAPO is S2000 behind you with the the black LS1. Wow, I didn't even notice that. I came here and just set up to talk to you guys. So I'm going to take a look and I'll get some input and definitely give you some feedback on that, you know? Um, What should we do for extra fuel since we only use 450 CC injectors? Autosauce, you are very bad. Now, if I tell you, I'll tell you. Feel pressure. That's all I can say. <laughs> what size is turbo on 86 and what transmission? I don't know yet. Take a look. All I see is the AR-70 on it. The gearbox, I don't see the doctor plate, so. The gearbox looks like a standard AP1 gearbox, AP1, AP2. It looks like s S2000 gearbox, you know? Oh, here we go, GT30. They're here. And a stock S2000 trans. Yeah, it looks like I could see the transmission, but I couldn't tell what size turbo was on it, which is sad, you know? Um, have I driven a GT2 RS? Not yet. I have not yet, you know? What can I do to get a little more torque out of the AP1? Wow, there are quite a few things. First of all, um, if you are NA, camshafts helps quite a bit. Tuning helps quite a bit. Exhaust systems even though the S2000 AP1 header is probably deep not probably it is the best designed Factory header I've ever seen in my life. So you can make a little power from that um, But you can't make tons of power from that, but if you from the flange back increase the diameter of the exhaust system and even go to something lighter you can experience some torque improvement as well now the ultimate is to actually of course boost it there's so many bolt-on kits out there for turbocharging and Supercharging. I love turbocharging because of the versatility. I like supercharging because the lack of heat management issues, but you can definitely do that. But if you want to stay N.A., camshafts help. exhaust induction, and you're good to go. Thank you so much, Henry. Thanks for the kind words. Hey, Shell, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Akma. I'm telling you, we need more creativity. People just sit down, don't want to try things, don't want to experiment. What is life if we don't experiment? What is life if we don't experience? If you had to die on Monday, how fulfilled would you feel if you look back at your life and you never try something unique and new? The beauty of being able to try something amazing is just to be able to experience. And if you fail, don't look at it as something bad. Look at the experience to allow it to be better. Every day, I learn something different. And sometimes, I don't succeed, but I learn from those experiences and it allows me to even share what I'm sharing with you today, you know? OK, so what possesses you guys behind me? Also, my opinion, what would be better for a daily street dividend supercharged or turbocharged K20Z3? So best for daily driven? Oh man, you know superchargers do allow for less heat management issues. It does give you some parasitic losses. And, and what I mean by parasitic losses, you take energy to turn the compressor to make energy. I prefer turbocharging where we're using expended gas and heat energy to turn a compressor. So, and turbocharging is a lot more how should I say modular? You can play around with things quite a bit. You can do boost for gear instead of having a fixed boost application. So, for me, you, you know what? Don't even listen to what I'm saying. Look at what I do. A large major, majority of my cars are turbo cars. for turbo is That's what I like. You know. So I didn't go to saying a car is an expression of self. No car should ever be the same. It's all down to its owner's taste. Amen, brother. You're absolutely correct. So I didn't go to, I share that philosophy, and I see I see that with people with wheels sometimes, with tires, but they should take it further. Even with paint jobs, I've seen people copying the same paint jobs. Don't care about what other people think, it's about you. It's about your expression what you love. If you love pink, paint your car pink. If you want to stay D-series, stay C-series. If you want to put an S2K engine in an AE86, do it. If you want to put an LS inside your S2K, do it. If you want to put a D-series in an El Camino or Ranchero, do it. Whatever you want, do it, at least Use that as a way of self-expression. And I understand sometimes if it's kind of experimental and crazy and expensive, but I'm telling you, the joy it brings when you succeed is second to none, you know? The best transmission for F22A in a CB7, you have a couple of options there. Um, You have the opportunity in CB7 to do um, like a sequential HTB. That's the best gearbox, period. But if not, use one under a prelude by all means. Um, the cable is an advantage in the cb 7 chassis only because you don't have an aperture or a tunnel to do a shift rod easily, you know? Um, Street Racer Jones says, I've always cared about how my cars look, can't stand my car to be dirty and have ugly paint or anything. I hear you. I hear you. Even one of those students, when I couldn't afford to get the most expensive paint jobs, I went to Omaco. You know, I did the four to $600 paint job. My paint job, I'd wash my car and my rag would be blue. But you know what, at least it looked nice. Even though I couldn't afford a crazy paint job, I didn't know any better. At that time, I wanted my car to be clean. I didn't want it to look like rubbish. So that being said, I had to do that. And you know, forgive me guys, there's so many things about my life that I haven't shared with you guys. And Daron and I from Pirate Auto were talking about that this weekend. And it's interesting, my first job when I came to America, believe it or not, was at Carl's Jr. So my very first job was at Carl's Jr. Um, I worked there for... (laughs) One day in drive-thru, not even one day, like a couple of hours, first day, they took me out because people couldn't understand what I was saying. And they put me on dining room duty. So I cleaned up and cleaned the tables and brought people their food in the dining, which is interesting. The job I had while I was racing quite a bit, street racing and while I was at school, was working at Circus City. So for those of you who remember Circus City, where service was still of the art uh, that's the Best Buy competitor at the time. And Best Buy came a little bit afterwards, but I sold uh, personal electronics. Uh, started with miniature electronics, went to car stereo and delivered major appliances, which is pretty great, you know? EJ8 is saying, Van drifting? No, it's not quite set up for that. Um, my Waga Van is really, I mean honestly, it's my revenge car. It really is. It's my revenge car for the Odyssey. The Odyssey is such a powerful, beautiful car, weighs 5,000 pounds, makes a thousand horsepower, but it's front-wheel drive and it's rubbish just in terms of traction. I'm fixing all that. The Waga Van is gonna be more powerful than my old one going to hook up very nicely, and it's going to be lighter. So I can't wait to have fun with that, and I'm going to show you guys what we're doing. You know, so Durga says all he sees I show shows a bag wrapped cake decorated cards with flashy lights. I don't think the SK deserves to be bagged. Well, it depends. Once again, that's expression. Now I hear you. I'm a static guy myself. I have bags on my Wag-o van, No, no, I I have bags on my Odyssey, and I have static on everything else. And I'm a huge advocate of that. But Look at the OEMs. The OEMs are even combining static technology with bags to go over you know, certain uh, uh, driveways to go over any um, uh, challenges with speed bumps and so on so forth on the road. So don't be surprised. I'm really thinking about trying a combination of bags and statics next year to give me the best of both worlds, ground clearance, looks, and also efficiency in terms of handling. So I'm really thinking about that next year. You know, Plan on an all-wheel drive inside. I do, I do. Um, so Ryan, no, I'm not a I'm a different place. I'm actually in Oceanside. I'm at um, SOS Customs. They're doing the interior. So today I'm picking up the interior of the Waggo van. And if you remember Ryan, those are the guys who did the interior on the van that you helped with. So those guys are very good. They know their stuff, you know? On the inside, no, no, I don't plan on doing any all-wheel on the inside. It's just very invasive, and it's not a good use of my resources right now to do that. I kind of want to see how far I can push the front-wheel drive platform. I I wish the rules would allow me to keep my 28s, because I do run 28 by 9 inch slicks on that. It allows me better adhesion to the track, but um, I've been limited to 26s on many drag racing scenarios or classes, so I wish they let me run 28s. That would be really cool, even though I'm unibody with stock windshield, you know. Hello, Packer. Thanks for joining us, you know. Uh, What I think about the Craftsman Supercharger? I like it. I think it's very efficient. We've had cars come into our facility, and we tuned them north of 400 wheel. So. I think it's an official one, it's nice, uh, and you don't have a lot of the heat management issues you see with the uh, battery or the fuse box that you may see with turbocharged applications, especially in S2000s, so I hope that helps. Hello, Vaporware, good seeing you. Yadi, if you ask a question, I didn't quite see it. Hello, Auntie Mello, good seeing you, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, HHP Media, appreciate the kind words, you know. Um, what do I think of superchargers on the r 53 engine Mini Cooper? I wish there were more turbocharged applications. I think it's okay, not huge, ton, not tons of power, not tons of power, you know. Um, so Dr. was asking me. I think you asked me that before. He brought up the Super D because we talked about stroking the D sixteen using a D seventeen crank. I answered him that because the K series respond the D. Yes, what I said was that the limitations to the D seventeen unless you're primarily doing this for uh, cost-effective reasons. You can get more stroke with offset grinding a factory crankshaft, and I was worried about the oiling differences. In the journals, so if you look at the journals, if I were your shoes, here's what I would do, and I shared this last time. Look at the crankshafts and look at what direction the oiling holes exists. If they're opposite in the D versus, you know, D16 versus D17, I wouldn't be too crazy about it because you may experience a spun bearing scenario. If they're the same and you're happy with that stroke, go at it. I love the creativity, try it. If you want more stroke, I'll take a D16 and an A6, Z6, whatever the case may be, take it to a reputable shop, offset grind, weld, and get it ideal to what stroke you want, while increasing board to reduce any amount of shrouding that can exist with the valves and also give you even more displacement. So, that's my thoughts, you know? Ha <laughs> Thomas is laughing. Um, who I say? Wrapping or painting? So. I like wrapping because it allows you to do really crazy things very quickly. Um, but I like paint because paint gives you that depth. And for me, there's nothing nastier than opening the engine bay and seeing a different color in the engine bay or your door jams than the rest of the car. So I'm a huge advocate. I like painting. I think it gives you um, some nice depth that you have a hard time. You can, but you have a hard time getting with rap, you know. My pleasure static. Yes. Oh, that's great. I'm glad to hear that, Kiefer. And I love your project, by the way. It's very unique, you know. Um, so Tony's saying, I believe we can do an all-wheel drive build on my 1997 prelude on a budget. I know how to cut and weld. Just need to find out how to do it. Anything is possible, just like your Honda Odyssey. Thank you so much. Yes. Anything is possible. You're absolutely correct. And you can. The challenge is many people don't have the fabrication skills. If you do, have at it. Do it safely. Do it well. But for those who are the do-it-yourselfers who like a plug-and-play affair, The Prelude chassis is not the easiest one to work with. There are many other options, even in the Honda arena, that can help you achieve your goal and exceed it, you know? Thank you so much, Typer Pope. You're very kind. I appreciate the kind words you shared, you know? Oh yeah, the orange RWB, yes, I missed that car. Very nice. I think it's white now, to be exact. Um, Question on the NGA Twin Cam. Go ahead and shoot, let's see what happens. Can we see WAPA's car? Yes. So what I'll do is, after this session, we'll go around the shop and I'll, I do want to get permission for these guys and see what I can show. (laughs) <laughs> so that'd be really great, you know? Ah, Trina Gorilla has a question. He said, I have a Burke 3-inch. That's a good size. The factory header, I'm in the right direction. How does the factory airbox perform? It's actually good. So what I've seen is that um, AEM and Canon make very good systems that allow. The factory one works very well, so you have to be very careful. I've seen other brands that weren't Canon or AEM lose power versus factory. So I've seen people modify the factory airbox, but I'm a huge advocate of the AEM induction system. So you can do a good job with that. And there's some power to be experienced in the piping and the length. There's some harmonics that exist there that can help you boost some power in RPM ranges that you typically drive in on and off the track, which is pretty cool. Yes. Oh, I didn't bring the big wigs. Sam, I'm sorry. I should. Everyone tells me I need to bring the wig. I keep forgetting, but I don't do that, you know? So, and Melo says, talking about experimentation, i track tracked my Daytona 392 and home. That is so great. The only female driver this weekend, too, at Rover. I remember you. Yes, it was great meeting you. I am so proud of you. That's what we need to do. You know, you don't, even though many of us are scientists, you don't have to be a scientist to experiment. Curiosity is something we all had when we were born. Take that curiosity. Take it a step further. Apply it to your cars. Don't wait for other people. NT, I'm so happy to see that. I'm glad that you're doing great things. doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl. Go out there. Have fun. Experiment with your car. Figure it out. Break records. Break your lap times. Have a good time. That's what it's about, you know? Uh, oh, you put a Vauxhall. Interesting. Very nice. Very nice. That's up to you as well, HHP. So, so oh, we got so many questions here. Is the 1.6 force four-cylinder from the MGA twin cam possible for 235 horsepower? Well, that particular engine, I have not experimented with an NA. In a force induction, I'm sure it's very possible, but I haven't experimented with it. I have very limited um, experience with MGA engines to be able to point you in the right direction. And guys, forgive me. Even though I have tons of experience, I've experienced a lot, I will never, ever, ever tell you something that I haven't played with. I will never guess and give it to you as a fact. It's just not my way of life. I don't do things that way. So even though I'm a huge advocate of small displacement engines, and I've done so many different things, if it's an engine platform I haven't played with, I'll be honest, and I'll tell you I haven't. So please forgive me. I'm here to help with what I have experience with, you know? Um, so turbo, oh good, I like the guys from ballet, they're nice guys, nice guys indeed. Thank you so much. Oh, you're too kind. We were just talking about you today, Lee. Good seeing you. I appreciate that well. I need to come see you. So Lee is a great friend. She is a, a maverick when it comes to uh, fitness. Because of her, you guys see me now, I lost 11 pounds because of her. Because of she gave me this really cool meal prep program, which is pretty good. So I love her. She's fantastic. So thank you so much, Lee, for the kind words and the support, you know. If I could choose looks over power, if I could choose only one? Oh, that's a simple question for me. It boosted GD for me. I'm a power person. So even if you pay attention, if you really pay attention to my projects, I'm not crazy about body kits. I'm not a big body kit guy. Um, I spend a lot of time on the engines, on keeping things reliable, on engine management solutions. But you look at the CRZ, because it looks pretty much factory. You look at the Odyssey van, it's very sleeper. The giveaway is a little aperture in the front grill that shows the intercooler. Um, the, um, what car? I just talked about the Santa Fe we built for Hyundai not too long ago. That particular car was factory body. Um, even this year, with a wagon van, no crazy kids. It's going to be a really clean, clean wagon van. You know? So that being said, I'm really big on that. Very big indeed. You know. Uh, the Chaplin car, Rim car, far from clean. I didn't like racing when my car was dirty. I going to work on it. <laughs> in, you know, it. I think it came from the East Coast. And you know it rained the day before, so you never know. But when I think of clean, I think of like, uh, there were a lot of cars there that were really kind of messed up, with a lot of primer, a lot of dents, mismatching fenders, that wasn't cool. Cars should look at least least decent. At least, do what I do, go to Mako, make it look decent, you know. Could a stock 2JZ GE handle small turbo? Yes, you know what Hunter? A GE, which is the NA setup, can handle a small and big turbo. The bottom end is robust. The top end has some opportunities. Especially with intake manifold that goes across the valve cover, but yes, it can handle it. You can tune low boost with a small turbo, you can tune low boost with a larger turbo and you can have a lot of fun. You don't have to be limited to having a GTE to have fun with a 2J, you know. Update on the W201, great question. So M4H4, that's a project car that I'm shooting for for next year and for those of you who don't know what a W201 is, it's the Mercedes-Benz, the 190E, the old school kind of boxy one that I posted earlier last week. that car is my main project car for next year. That's what's something, my own passion car for next year. I want to develop tons of product for that. I want to have the opportunity to experiment with a Mercedes engine. And speaking of that, what have I done since we last interacted? I picked up another chassis which Bluetooth. was in the front. Bluetooth. Oh, it says Bluetooth gets connected. I picked up another chassis that was damaged. I went all the way to the hood. For those of you familiar with LA, I went to South Central. Picked up this car, brought it to the office to pull the engine just for this project. So. The original 190E, the W201, has a legacy engine that was mechanical injection. I am not too excited about that Bosch-based engine. I want to go sequential fuel injection and coil on plug. So just as a hint, not to give too much away, I'm staying with six cylinders. I'm going with a high-end fuel injection system. I'll be partnering with many of my partners to develop an intake manifold and possibly in-house, I may do a twin turbo setup. I think I want to do that, that'd be pretty cool. And it's just going to be a modernized version of the W201. So I can give you a hint, the engine code will all start with an M, which is pretty nice. So that's what we have so far. I'm not going to touch that car to January. That's when we start doing that, you know? Shea Jones says, write a book about your life. We would love to read about it or make a movie. That's so kind of you. That's something I love to do. I may need to help with a ghostwriter or something because I am so slammed. The next two, you know, today we're talking to our friends from Mattel. And we're talking about plans as far forward as 2020. So things are happening so rapidly, you know, as far as 2020, which is pretty interesting, you know? Packer R picked up a 98 hatch, well done, with a D-Series for daily, but it came with extra GSR motor. Ooh, what are some tricks to get more flow out of the head? So are you talking about the D-Series head or the GSR head? Now, a lot of people don't know this, but there's one thing that gets a lot of head flow, a valve job. Yes, a valve job. If you look at where the valve seat meets the casting in the head, there's always that nasty ridge there. It's very easy for mass production. It's very cost effective for engine manufacturers to do that. But just de-shrouding that lip, taking away that ridge, porting it and making it even, clean that up, does wonders. And if you want to go into a pocket and get more of the pocket port, do it. Head flow is the key for power, especially in a setup. The head holds the highest potential power, period. It is my guiding force when I'm building engines, when I'm choosing what to build. And that's what you need to do. So, even with a head that flows well, there's always opportunities for power in low and high lift by taking care of that valve seat area and getting rid of that nasty ridge there. It does wonders for you, you No, know? My favorite car I've ever built. So I didn't go, that's a very popular question. I have three cars I love based upon their appeal. So, the car that was the most difficult for me ever because we only had seven weeks to build it was the Odyssey van that kicked my butt. I love that car, and it's a favorite car for me because it's so popular. I can drive that thing anywhere. People lose their minds. It's great. And I drive that car pretty often. It's dusty and engine bay. I drive it. In terms of just, oh, my goodness, this is frightening, I would say the blue Porsche 911, the one that makes 850. Um, that's the car that almost killed me once. Um, Matt Ferrari drove it like this shouldn't be on the road at all. Spike, for instance, drove it for Car Matchmaker, loved it as well. And it's just a car that really, if you don't respect her, she will bite you. So it's a very fun, scary car to drive. Now, in terms of just sheer, just, oh my goodness, this is like the perfect car to drive, I would say it's the Red Boxman center seat. So Sam is here as well. I think he's still here. He helped with that build. And that car is just so much fun to drive. That is my best one. He was absolutely, it was an absolutely fantastic car, you know? So I hope that helps. I hope that helps indeed, you know? Um, why did I use the Waggle van for Netflix on fastest car? EJ8, very simple question. One, it wasn't built yet. I'm still building the car. So if you're talking about the original Waggle van, I sold that, wow, almost six, seven, eight years ago. So it's been gone for a while. Um, but the Waggle van that I'm building now is, wasn't available when that show aired. As a matter of fact, the car recommended was the rear wheel drive converted Hyundai. But they wanted the Odyssey, and Odyssey is what they got. But don't be surprised we were in talks with guys from netflix as recently as last week thursday so don't be surprised if you see it in an upcoming episode not the one coming up not the season now because i'm still building it and they're starting to film already but a following episode never 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 know thank you so much you're too kind fox i appreciate the support you know <laughs> make a payments of color sanding. <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate the kind words gorilla i didn't know i was a student i didn't know Will my drag inside have aluminum rods? Of course, Dippin. I'm a huge advocate of aluminum rods. And you know why? For those of you who build engines or somewhat familiar with engines, you may have had vast experiences with steel rods. They're cost effective. That's what you find everywhere. Most cars are steel. In my wagon engine I'm building now has steel rods. But I'm a huge advocate of aluminum rods, especially my drag applications, because of many reasons. One, it allows me to cost-effectively prototype. Two, they are very lightweight. Three, they are natural shock absorbers. And what I mean is that if you ever have a situation, either for tuning, fuel, whatever the case may be, where you detonate, aluminum rods do a great job in absorbing detonation before transferring to the crankshaft, which can help you tremendously. You see top fuel guys? They look crazy. They have violent explosions in their engines. They couldn't run steel rods. They would destroy crankshafts like that. Aluminum rods are just these wonderful shock absorbers. And here's what's crazier. I'm a crazy compression guy when it comes to static compression. And there's some tricks that I talked about before in terms of dynamic. My Insight runs north of 16.5 to 1 um, compression. My D-series I run 18.4 compression. The aluminum rods allows me to be more of a variable compression engine. And what do I mean by that? When aluminum rods are at rest, when you're building them, you don't want to stay at 30 to 35,000 in terms of pissing the head clearance like you would steel because you'll smack. Aluminum rods do tend to expand. You definitely want to give, depending on the weight of your piston, heavier pistons need to give more di- distance. A lot of pistons don't have to, but it could be anywhere from 60 to 55,000 piston to head clearance. And why are you doing that? So when the engine warms up, the rods expand and gives you that nice static compression that you desire. Now, what happens when aluminum rods are cold? They're shorter. I have a huge uh, distance between the head and the combustion chamber, I mean combustion chamber and the piston top. I start the car, it's easier for my starter, it's lower compression, and as the engine warms up, the rods expand, my compression goes up, it's a win-win. So I love it, I love aluminum rods. So to answer your question, yes, my Dragon Sight does and will continue to have aluminum rods, you know. Happy Tech Tuesday to you as well, Landshark. Thanks for joining us, you know. What is a good transmission for a 95 Civic that would get a K24 engine? Depends on what legacy, but I'll say anything SI. An SI or Type R would be ideal. That would be very good, you know. M4H4, you just missed it. I gave a proper W201-109E or 190E update by all means. I just gave one. Net, net, the car is still sitting. I'm not touching it until next year. And in terms of the um, uh, power plant, I picked up a crashed S-Class to pick up the engine out of it to start building for the car. So that's what I've done since we interacted last, which was last week. So I just picked up the call. Um, Friday, I believe? Yeah, Friday, just recently, you know? Thank you so much, Ryan, thank you so much. Good afternoon, Zephyr, good seeing you, you know? Oh my God, I just gave you an update. <laughs> I gave so many questions on the same update. Um, today, um, the Dodge 3500 Turbo is what I have here today. Um, is there both way to have both all-wheel drive? Yes, there is. There are devices, Tony7R is asking, is there a way to have both? There are devices that allow you to disengage. And you have the capability of doing all-wheel drive or front-wheel drive, or in a very creative means, you can electronically or mechanically disengage and have rear-wheel drive only. Hello, Anthemoto. Yes, Vipers. Anthemoto, you missed it. I talked to Vipers earlier, and we had questions about suspension and so on and so forth. I love Vipers. I'm so sad. You know my take? As Ralph Gills, who is, you know, head of global design for FCA, good guy, good friend, huge Viper um, influencer, and one of the reasons why the... 5th Gen Viper looks how it looks today, uh, but thanks to Ralph. Ralph is very close to me and even my son's godfather, so we're very close. And we've had discussions about this, and I really feel that if the Viper was automatic, <laughs> even with paddle shifters, um, it would still be around today. It's just a lot of people don't like rowing gears. I love rowing gears, but a lot of people, no matter what, look at the market today, people just don't like three, three pedals. I know most of you do, but many, many people don't, you know? How much do my dragon site weigh with me in 1910? Um, is the blue Porsche have scary to drive? Yes, it is. Very, very scary. Oh, there you go. Ben Butt, hello as well. Paint does rule. Um, looking to buy a 98, ooh. Austin, do it. The VR4, especially if it's a clean one, is something that's gonna be very viable, very soon. Pick it up, you won't regret it. 300 GTs from Mitsubishi were awesome cars. All-wheel drive, turbo charge. VR4s are awesome, I love them, you know. How's the it you? I've ran on a Honda with a turbo? So, myself physically, I have done 11 to 1 myself. Um, customers have come in with 12.5 to 1, and I've tuned them with success. So I hope that helps. I want to make anything for FK Type R. Yes, um, we do have uh, cat bypasses and downpipes as we speak. So if you need access to that, let me know. Just DM me, and I'll make sure you have it. Um, Colin, I just mentioned what I drove today was a, uh, a Dodge 3500 diesel truck. That's what I brought all the way here. I need to bring something big anyway. Because I need to be able to pick up the seats for the wagon van, which is pretty interesting. What are my processes for picking and creating new projects? You know what? Um, in the past, it was primarily due to the engines. I would look at an engine and see potential, especially with head flow and drivetrain design, um, and then even look at the valve train, making sure that it's it's ideal for higher RPM activity. Nowadays, it's a combination of that and aesthetics. So if I see cars that are very unique, cars that have a story behind them, maybe something I grew up loving, like the 190E is something I love so much because I grew up watching in the 90s touring cars, was British touring, German touring, or Japanese, I just love those cars, and I love them so much because they look like something that my parents could just buy off the showroom floor, but it's on the track racing, which is pretty cool. So that's the reason why, you know? And then, in terms of what we do with OEMs, it's primarily directions from the company, so if Mazda wants to do something with a new, um, uh, let's say um, uh, Mazda 6, if they want to do something with the CX-3, if Honda wants to do something with the new um, CR-V, we're always there, if Acura wants to do something with a new NSX or RDX, then we'll get together and try and come up with a concept that can help them really have a big impact in the market, which is pretty cool, you know? Um, where do I live in Nigeria? Not in Lagos. I'm Josh. Um, I'm from the south, southeast. So um, I live in a city called Abba in Imo State. And I'm from Obuduku, which is an emo state as well. You know? And I guess now they divide the state. So Aba is now in Abia state, which is pretty interesting. So that's where I'm from. Thank you so much for the cameras, Kasha. I appreciate that. Thank you. Guys, I don't know if you heard, but the gentleman was asking if you had any recommendations. Well, if we had any recommendations for a nice BMW shop. So I don't know if you have any. My fact, my best um, yellow, this Suzuka yellow is pretty nice. I like that. Even though I'm not a big yellow car, but I just like how that car looks. very, very racing. you know? Have a seven seater, Vauxhall, it will be around, ooh, that would be fun Iden. then 450, 400 pound foot, sick, that'd be so dope. I can't wait to see you finish it, you know, it's pretty nice, you know. Best upgrade, I think, for Mini Cooper Sport engine? Um, let's say. well, intake and exhaust will help, definitely you wanna protect the engine, and the most cost effective way of protection and getting some power is with Purell, so I know the guys with Purell by all means. Upgrade, don't use any rubbish oil in your cars, it's not worth it. You can get uh, improved uh, efficiency. Because of lubricity, you have an opportunity to make more power. And because of its compound, both the base um, of a uh, combination of, uh, um, I will say, um, uh, group four and group five oils and added package with high zinc, you can protect your valve train very nicely and have a cooler, cooler oil temperatures as well, you know? Yep, I hear you, akmal power all day. Akamal, time is, you know, can you believe, guys, we've been together for almost an hour? This is bananas, you know? This is bananas, you know? Um, so EJA is asking what I think of the Motec. I think it's a good ECU, um, a smaller unit. The one thing about, um, you know, I get this question a lot about AM Infinity versus Motec. AM Infinity gives me all the functions of the ECU you just mentioned, but AM Infinity I don't have to pay to open up functions. I don't have to pay for um, O2 feedback. I don't have to pay for touch control. I don't have to pay for drive by wire. I don't have to pay for any additional components. So I'm a huge advocate of AM Infinity, whether it's the 506, 708, 710, you name it. So it also offers me, really a crazy, crazy motorsports package. This AM Infinity, at a sportsman price, which I love, which is good. So it gives me the reliability I need without breaking the bank. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, Alex Delmo too. Hello, Brazil fan. Good seeing you as well. Wow. Um, the head gasket, the weak point. On oh, which engine, Willie? I didn't quite see your question. Please forgive me. Oh my God, I have a warning. So guys. This has been a it's been a slash, it's been a slice of heaven, I should say. I said slosh, which is silly, but it's been a slice of heaven. I get this warning now that um, it's time for me to, to depart. So guys, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate all the kind words and you joining me over here in beautiful oceanside. It's great. Thank you so much for the guys from SOS Customs. I'm gonna go out, come back in, and I'll have the opportunity to walk around the shop and see if I can show you guys some of the projects they have here. I'm pretty excited. So guys, stay tuned. Good seeing as well, Peter Pettis from Switzerland. And I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Take care, everyone. Cheers.